I spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious mergers and acquisition specialists around. And now I've decided to take the leap into buying businesses. The real questions are how will I do it? How much of the behind the scenes can we really show? And how can business owners like you maximize their purchase price and build generational wealth? This show is going to give you the answers. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we buy, sell, or merge healthcare businesses and physical therapy practices. I'm Dave Kittle, and this is The Dave Kittle Show. Hey, on this episode, we're going to speak with an individual who helps patients overcome fear with empathy and compassion. We're going to talk about a patient experience discussion and a little bit of discussing the importance of building a wonderful patient experience centered around empathy and reducing patient anxiety for their care. All that and more next. This is Dave Kittle on the Dave Kittle Show, owner of Concierge Pain Relief Home Physical Therapy in New York City and the CEO of the Fieldmaker Group. We're currently speaking with practice owners about partnering or acquiring some or all of their practice. And today we have Chris Bonzel from Navigate Patient. You can find them on the web at navigatepatient.com. We're going to hear about the company, who they help, why they started. But first, Chris, welcome on. Thanks for having me, Dave. Appreciate your time. We connected several months ago on LinkedIn. I saw something. We had a mutual connection. There was some post that you put up. You're now getting more, I think, more uh, active on LinkedIn, which is great. Something about patient experience, it caught my attention. We connected. Long story short, I was like, hey, this is really interesting stuff. I think practice owners that listen to my podcast, to my show, I think that they could benefit from hearing what you guys do, why you do it. And we're going to get into all that. So how about a brief little background on yourself and also your role of what you do at the company? Yeah, my background, I've spent a little over a decade in the healthcare IT space, typically on the software and services side. I've been fortunate to be in and out of hundreds of clinics and different specialties as a viewer of, of what they do, as an auditor of, of how they're performing services, seeing how we could figure out ways to improve process, improve the patient experience, improve workflows in the office. And most recently, my role at Navigate Patient, I am the vice president of revenue generation for the company. Navigate Patient is a a team of really experienced, passionate patient educators that helps to improve the patient experience by providing patients with all the education they need, particularly in the ophthalmology space around cataract surgery options. So when patients are diagnosed with a cataract, It's a very common diagnosis, one of the most commonly performed outpatient procedures in the country, in the world, actually. But for a patient, it still can be a a scary thing. So we've brought together a team of people to help reduce the fear, the concern, the anxiety around that diagnosis and bring some comfort around options available to those patients. That's awesome. And we previously spoke, just to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, did you say that it's the most performed surgical procedure of any surgery? So like in, in physical therapy, we think of like, total knee replacements, total hips, rotator cuff repair, or meniscus surgery for the knee is like very common in orthopedic physical therapy. But is cataracts the most performed surgical procedure, at least in the US in terms of surgical procedures? I may have someone double check me on this, but it's the last time I checked, there is an anticipated over 5 million cataract surgeries to be performed in 2023. And I believe it still is the commonly performed outpatient procedure. Wow. Okay. So navigatepatient.com, some of the benefits on the website, talking about, and we're going to get into it, but easy to use, happier staff, happier patients, consistent patient experience, enhanced enhanced practice performance, and co-management compliance. So it's talking about how it benefits the patient, 
the client side of things obviously would benefit the practice if more of these folks actually showed up. But like, what was the origin of this company? Like, was the founder someone who went through cataract surgery and had a bad experience? Like, do you know the origin story here? There is a great story, actually. So the founder's father was diagnosed with cataracts. And although the founder had spent about 15 years in the eye care space, very knowledgeable in all things related to technology and what options are available, his father didn't ask him and went through his cataract surgery, got a standard Medicare replacement lens, never knew that there were options that could have reduced his dependency on glasses. Our founder didn't find that out until weeks or months after the surgery took place. So in going in and out of hundreds of practices, you could see that some organizations do a really good job to educate patients. And they put a focus on what is that patient experience, making sure the patient knows all they need to know before making an informed decision. Some practices don't do as as good of a job. So in order to ensure that no patient goes through cataract surgery this year without knowing every option available to them, Navigate Patient was founded. The idea being, let's put the human approach first and ensure that all those patients have someone to speak to, to ensure they understand the information available to them and that they're making informed decisions. Got it. So what exactly is the service? So there's uh, on the website, something talking about navigators. So I'm assuming like, and on the home screen of the page, it's talking about like a human centered approach. So is it hundred percent humans? Is there some software or app or videos? Like if I was going to walk me through, if I was going to schedule cataract surgery at a nearby clinic where you guys are, you know, that your platform is being used by that clinic. How would I interface with it? What is the service? What's great for our clients and the, the practices is if you as a patient scheduled your cataract evaluation to determine if your eyes are ready for surgery, you would get a call from someone who is a representative of that office. So when we speak to patients, they never hear the word navigate or navigator. We are very much an extension of the office. We like that because the patient feels like they're getting a concierge level touch point from the practice and it creates a great experience for them, makes the appointment stickier so they show up more often. But you would get a call uh, or a text first to schedule a call so that someone is going to reach out to you and educate you on what is your diagnosis? What do you need to be aware of? What a cataract is? What surgery entails? But then specific options available from that office that you scheduled with. So what lens choices are available to you? What's the time frame for surgery? What financing options are available should you choose uh, an elective cash pay procedure or premium upgrade? So the idea is these patients, it's the first time they've heard they have a cataract and are being told they might need surgery. Having surgery on your eyes could be a daunting, a daunting diagnosis or daunting prognosis. So our team is focused on, let's make sure we reduce that anxiety, reduce the fear. We know that one in every three patients would rather put off or cancel surgery just because they're afraid of, of going under the knife. So our goal is to eliminate that and then you know, provide as much education as we can on those calls. So if, if one out of three would prefer to cancel it, kick the can down the road, uh, delay it, procrastinate, however we're looking at it, is there a large number of no-shows or where patients are actually scheduled for the procedure and then actually don't arrive? Like, is that the biggest concern or is it more upstream where they are afraid to even schedule it, but they clinically need it and would ideally benefit from it? Yeah, it's it's uh, I'd say it's a little bit of both. You know, we in the eye care space, there's a there's surely practices that have challenges with patients no showing or otherwise canceling late. And there's great platforms out there to help send automated reminders and help you fill from a wait list if you have a patient cancel. 
Since we're calling the patient about a week prior to their consult, we typically find out if a patient is otherwise not going to show up for their appointment. And we can let the practice know earlier in the process so they can reschedule and reduce the amount of open, uh, no revenue appointment slots. But when we speak with the patient, it's more so let's get them comfortable with the idea that they will be having surgery and kind of walk them through just how simple a cataract surgery actually can be. So that if the surgeon determines that they're a candidate for surgery, that their cataract is is far enough progressed that they need surgery, that at that point, they're less concerned about pushing that surgery or canceling it because they feel confident in the information they have. Got it. So I just want to clarify, because maybe I don't get it, but I heard you were saying that the patient doesn't know about Navigate Patient. They're getting calls from the front desk of that ophthalmologist's office. But then you were just saying, we call the patient a week before the procedure. Yeah. So Can you clarify? Sure, Ken. So we at Navigate are the ones doing the service. So our service is we hire clinically experienced team members, typically certified ophthalmic technicians or certified ophthalmic assistants. And we are doing the education through dialogue, through a conversation, right? The human approach. Uh, so to your earlier question, we do have a software that we've built and it allows our team to work more efficiently and effectively. But for our clients, there's no software for them to learn or use it is simply we call as an extension of the office. We represent ourselves as a part of Dr. Kittle's office in this case uh, and call the patient on your, your team's behalf. So if I were an ophthalmologist, I'm assuming I would have some login portal and I'd be able to like listen to the call, like recorded calls. Or do you guys not do any of that? Like just like quality assurance type stuff. Yeah. So our team, we want to take all the all the burden off of our clients and make it so that there's no work, no workflow changes for them. So we get access to our clients' practice management and electronic medical record system. We log in, pull all the patient appointments, call those patients. Then we log into the chart and put in a phone note. So within their clinical workflow, they're seeing exactly what was discussed, what the patient's concerns are, what the patient's desires are, their expected outcomes, their needs for things like financing for their surgery. So that within 10 to 15 seconds, Within that surgeon's clinical workflow, they're seeing exactly what the outcome of that call was. Got it. So I don't want to say you guys are like virtual assistants, but you were like the Navy SEAL version of like virtual assistants, if that kind of makes sense. I think we'll we'll take that moniker uh, and wear it proud. <laughs> that could be the new the new slogan. Okay. So is it a hard sell in terms of getting it into practices? I mean, obviously on the, the patient side of things, it makes sense. Like if you're able to show a meaningful improvement of better upstream patients, like maybe if they're tracking or if you guys are tracking like total number of patients, what number of patients are potentially clinically qualified to receive cataract surgery? And then which percentage of those folks actually schedule the procedure? And then what percentage of those people actually complete, like arrive and have the procedure and then it's completed? Like, are those some of the things that you have to show a practice owner uh, in order to kind of get it into a, a practice? Yeah. So, we have a couple main value points that we feel we drive and that we've proven that we've, that we drive at many of our practices. And we know in eye care, as I imagine with any specialty from any of your listeners, there's a challenge in finding and, and hiring good staff. There is a shortage in any sort of support staff at any medical clinic that I speak to. So we save time for not only the surgeons, but a lot of their staff, because right now they're burdened with more patients to see but less people to help see those patients. So we're driving time savings. That's one of the key metrics that we work to demonstrate to our practices. We are helping to educate those patients, get them more comfortable. So if there is a larger percentage of patients moving forward with surgery, that's fantastic as well. 
through education, which is what we sell, you know, just providing really stellar, comprehensive, consistent education to patients. We see that more patients through that information are converting to premium surgeries. So that's also something that practices look at from a, from a dollars and cents standpoint. The biggest challenge for us in partnering with practices is it's a big trust factor. Right? We are now in many cases, the first touch point for a patient which typically makes up around 70 to 75% of practice revenue in the eye care space uh, for all cataract surgery patients. So with as high volume as some of the clients we have are, for us to be the first touch point for their practice, they want to make sure that we're going to do a good job and represent them well and represent them with a very personalized touch point. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what was the old school or the prior approach to patient education? Was it just like you hand a patient a pamphlet, like ophthalmologist where the team would just kind of answer any questions in person. Ophthalmologist has to move on to the next patient. Maybe they ask some questions of a, of a nurse or some aide or assistant or tech or something. Maybe they get some emails or something like, like what are you guys replacing in this whole process? Yeah. One key word off. We don't typically replace. We try to supplement the education process because regardless of who I speak to, they're doing some form of education. The challenge is, you hit it on the head. There's, it could be emails. It could be snail mailing packets. It could be that the majority of the visit is spent with a patient sitting in front of a technician having to be educated on these things. And some, sometimes these evaluation appointments, these initial appointments can be an hour and a half to two hours long. So it's, it's a lot of time invested by both the patient and the, um, and the practice. So for us, we want to front load the education piece. But we will supplement if they are sending videos, if they are sending emails, because there's a lot of great tools out there today. There are tools to allow automation at scale and have content that is personalized for the patient or for the diagnosis sent to them ahead of time. What we found and part of our hypothesis for why we founded the company was we don't know how many patients are watching the full videos that are sent. We don't know how many patients are understanding the content in the videos. Right? They, they want to remember, oh, I have a question. Let me think about that and ask the surgeon when I see them in two weeks, but they typically don't recall what the question was and they, they don't remember to ask it. So we feel like having that patient speak to a person in real time, they can ask those questions and have a dialogue and they leave that call much more with a higher grade of comprehension than any email or video or otherwise you know, tool could provide. Got it. So let's say if I, I'm in Brooklyn, New York, let's say if I spoke to an ophthalmologist and I needed a cataract surgery, when do you step in? Like I schedule the procedure and then I would potentially hear from the practice, but it might be someone from your team or is it before I schedule? Like when do your touch points start in the process? Yeah. Our core offering is as soon as the patient schedules their appointment for that evaluation, we get triggered and we reach out to that patient around four to seven days prior. So we feel like that time frame is very important. It's if we can reach you before your evaluation, educate you holistically, there's close enough to your evaluation where you're going to remember everything that we discussed, but far enough away to where we can take multiple attempts to actually reach the patient. So it would be before your surgery is scheduled and you're going in feeling very confident that you can ask just the perfect amount of questions to the surgeon with anything that remains that you don't feel confident with. Got it. And I really like on the website and stuff that we prepare for this call and this talk where you were talking about empathy and compassion around the care. and with electronic medical records and, you know, just volume based medicine and healthcare, like a lot of the humanistic interpersonal components have kind of been watered down or diluted. So you guys are, as opposed to trying to be one of the other 
apps, software, whatever out there, send videos, send automated, you know, emails, texts, videos, you make all that stuff once and then it's done. Like, but yeah. you guys are, th- your service is humanistic and an actual person that's, that understands the process is calling. So that's awesome. But then the next component is addressing any concerns, fear, doubt, anxiety. So what is your experience there? What is the team's experience in terms of like, how do you or the team or the the whole system address my fear, anxiety, my doubt? Are you asking me things like, you know, hey, like, I know this is a big step. I know this is a big procedure. Do you ask direct questions like, hey, Dave, you know, do you have any fear? Or are you anxious about this procedure at all? Or is it like an indirect, like you're kind of indirectly trying to get those to surface? Or are you asking something directly like, you know, hey, you have this, uh, Dave, you have this cataract surgery scheduled for next Wednesday. And I just, you know, we're, we're you know, you're, t- you're building rapport, you're asking questions, but then later, do you ask something direct? Like, is there anything in your work or life that you might have to cancel or postpone this procedure? Like how direct or indirect is the, are the questions and the conversations and all that? Yeah. Our team is, you know, it's, it's a dialogue throughout the entire conversation. And because they are clinically experienced and not just call center, they can pivot on their feet very quickly when the questions are very much open-ended. We want to understand the patient's lifestyle. We want to understand their goals. And I imagine this can correlate pretty well to physical therapy. Uh, We want to understand, do you play golf, right? Do you play tennis? Do in this case, do you use your eyes for things that you need to be cognizant of when we're determining your best care plan forward, right? So similar if they have a back injury. So we want to ask these questions to understand what they need as an outcome. And in that conversation, the fears and the anxieties, they they surface from the patient. So our team isn't typically asking very directly, hey, you feeling worried about your procedure? The patients are more than happy to share their fears and concerns. And our team then has the opportunity to reduce that fear and anxiety through empathy, reduce it through education, but also, again, just really show a a compassion for the patient, trying to understand what their goals are, their hobbies, their lifestyle, uh, and how to get them to the best possible outcome, including removing the fear from moving forward with a procedure. Got it. So in terms of the practices using Navigate Patient, the front desk team or the techs or the aides or the nurses, they're not really like, do they know what's going on with your touch points? Me- meaning, let me I'll ask it this way. So couldn't the practice learn some of this and then just like not pay you guys anymore and just cut you guys out? Like, how, how do you prevent that? I mean, obviously you guys want to grow your company. So I could see how when you're an extension of the service, it's almost like out of sight, out of mind. So if the patients continue to schedule and arrive for cataract surgery, then the practice should continue to use you guys. But couldn't the practice also kind of like learn this whole process of like, hey, just phone calls and just call them four to seven days before the procedure. And then then they save money by not paying you guys. Yeah. If everything I shared on this podcast can be replicated by the practice, fantastic. Because our passion is, again, we don't want any patient to go through a procedure without knowing everything they need to know. So there's really nothing that we do that is a silver bullet or completely unique. We have made it through our proprietary software that our team uses, we made it more efficient and easier, and we have made it more cost-effective for the practices. The biggest challenge, as we brought up a couple of times here, is it's hard to find enough staffing and retain enough staffing at this point to be able to do something like this within the four walls of your clinic. I talk to practices every week that have tried this attempt. We want to call patients. We want to reach out to them prior to their appointment and do exactly what we're doing. 
The challenge has been it's typically someone who has to take that role on at the side of their desk as an extra task. And they're already doing all this other stuff. The patient in front of you is always going to take priority over the patient that's coming in next Thursday. So we can offer this economy of scale back to practices at a significantly reduced rate than if they had to hire their own team members, pay the HR costs, the hiring, onboarding, training, PTO. So that's the value of what we bring to our practices. We also, again, and we've we've driven some significant value in terms of all the results for time savings and conversions and patient satisfaction that just, you know, they get right out of the gate with a, a company like ours. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What feedback have you received from either the, the patient side of things, the, the actual patients or your customers, the ophthalmologist, ophthalmologist practices? Yeah, I'll start with the patient feedback because I think that was the most surprising to us as we've scaled the business. We are in the business of building relationships as our most practices and, and you know, administrators and surgeons that we talk to. They want to create a relationship with their patients. And we are, as I mentioned, the first touch point in many cases. It is not uncommon for a patient to connect with us almost a week prior to their visit to the office, get into the office and refer to our navigators by name. I don't know about you, but I call into large Fortune 500 companies to handle my my home internet or my cell phone. I don't remember the name of the people I spoke with. and I talked to them this morning. And these patients are coming in a week after speaking to our team. And they built up enough relationship in a 15 to 20 minute phone call that they know them by name. The patients are coming in and telling them, I was worried about my surgery. I was scared about this, but I'm not anymore. Thanks for the call. It's mm. call those feedback points every single day that it is a significant reduction in anxiety just based on lack of knowledge. On the customer side, who we work with, the ophthalmologists, the practice administrators, the owners, you know, their feedback is it's saving my staff time. And on average, we're saving four to eight minutes per evaluation for some patients or some practices rather. Yeah, they could see an extra couple of patients a week because of the amount of time savings that we're that we're driving. We're making the conversations easier for the surgeons. That's the biggest point, right? These providers are sharing the same thing with a lot of patients, risks, benefits, alternatives to surgery. And we can front load a lot of that and, and get rid of some of the repetition and allow them to focus on that patient's unique needs. And then, of course, with larger organizations, we can standardize and scale an approach that otherwise they have challenge doing with in different personalities and different clinics in different locations. So for our larger type of client, it's how do we provide a standard, comprehensive, repeatable approach? And we could do that typically much easier than a a disparate group of team members. Got it. And for each surgery, is it usually one phone call from you guys to the patient? It usually takes us about almost two phone calls on average to connect with a patient, but it is typically one phone call where we are educating the patient. So one touch point, it is not uncommon for the patient to call back to our team instead of calling the office back. Sometimes again, that it's that relationship. They feel like we gave them the information they needed. So they'll call back and ask questions sometimes before the evaluation, sometimes even after they met with the surgeon to get the recommendation, they still want that level of comfort. Hey, Aaron, you gave me this information. The surgeon provided me you know, X, Y, and Z, do you agree? And so it's exciting to know that the patients respond that positively to our team, that they almost want that reassurance on a, on an extra call. Got it. If again, so I'm putting myself, if I was scheduled for cataract surgery, I get a phone call four to seven days before my surgery. It happens to be you guys on my phone. Cause now I just want to go in the trenches a little bit real quick on my phone. Does it come up as the ophthalmologist office or is it like a random number? And then that's why you maybe need 
two phone calls to reach me because I don't know who this is calling me. Yep. I think the two phone calls is because most of us don't answer any number that's not saved in our phone these days. But we do call from a local area code, not always from the exact office's phone number, but we will call from a local number. And it's probably 85 to 95% of patients that will pick up. So it's not a challenge for us to get in touch with the patient. It's a challenge sometimes to get them at the right time. So we schedule sometimes a day and a half in advance, uh, which makes things a lot easier for both parties. Got it. Uh, what feedback do you have from your practice owners, the, your customers, in regards to you know increasing practice performance, increasing revenue? Obviously, those are the types of things that... I mean, yeah, we want to help patients. We want to help the community. But at the same time, every practice owner, we have bills to pay. We want to, you know, ideally grow and not, you know, be plateaued or stagnant. So what type of like any, you know, anecdotes or any, you know, comments from uh, any of your customers in regards to any increase in the, the conversion from scheduled to arrived or just from any additional practice performance component? Yeah, of course. And at the end of the day, we know that that's what the... The, the business people are looking at, and we want to drive towards that right outside of the time savings and the, the patient experience. What we've seen is in our world, it's patients that are more informed are more like significantly more likely to elect for an out-of-pocket cash pay premium procedure. So in cataract surgery, you can have different lenses as options. Uh, and so for our patients that are educated by the Navigate team, we are seeing those patients convert to premium cash pay procedures at a significantly higher rate. Practices are seeing squeeze all across the board. Reimbursements are being cut, right? Staffing is a challenge, which sometimes leads to the ability to see less patients. So how can they combat that? And for most practices, the answer is increasing the premium cash pay cash pay procedures. Of course, it's getting the patients in the door and, and keeping them compliant with their care. But so for our groups, and it, it varies depending on where they are, or, uh, what their current conversion rates are. But I could tell you with confidence, every one of our providers is seeing a significant increase in conversion. It's not why we do it, but it's a pretty great you know, ancillary value for our clients. So do most insurances cover like a standard level of cataract surgery? But then if I want some other type lenses, then that's out of pocket. I think you and I talked about that before, but just let me know. Yeah, you're spot on. So for most of these patients, our Medicare patients... And Medicare will cover a standard lens, which will allow the patients to have the lens implanted in their eye. They might have copays and deductibles, but no additional out-of-pocket expense. And they'll update their glasses prescription after surgery and continue on with their life as if they were seeing before they had cataracts. If they choose to go forward with a premium procedure that they are a medical candidate for and that the practice offers, they might come out of pocket a certain percentage above and beyond what their, their copays and deductibles are. And then they might be able to reduce their dependency on glasses. They might be able to get out of contact lenses. There are many different technologies these days in terms of what can be implanted in the eye. And each of them has their own benefits and, and risks and alternatives. But um, yeah, for, for them to choose a procedure that could give them vision for the next 30 to 40 years, potentially independent of, of spectacles, the more informed patient sees the value of that. Uh, and that's why it's important for us to understand what are their goals? What is their lifestyle? And, and why are they using their, what are they using their eyes for? Got it. With your experience, have you heard of any patients changing their mind or looking to upgrade on the phone calls that you guys are conducting? I'll say, or, 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 or is, is, is the, the plan of care already set the whole surgery, everything like it, the lenses, everything was already selected and it's already completed. Because we're meeting the patient 
at the point in time before their evaluation. None of the surgical plan has been done. There hasn't even been a determination as to which options they're a candidate for based on their testing. We find that to be beneficial. We're not selling. We're not selling a lens. We're not pushing a patient to a premium procedure. Our goal, again, is to educate holistically. And so what we find is at the end of the call, they will let us know, hey, I I really, that premium lens sounds great. I think that's within my budget. And I'd love to be able to swing a golf club without needing my glasses and, and see the golf ball. So I'd like to do that. Our team will always remind them, your surgeon will determine what you're a candidate for. Uh, but we know where they're leaning. We know that that patient is now a stickier appointment because they're informed. They had a great touch point relationship with us. So they're going to show up to that appointment and they're going to be much more informed and savings for you know, time savings when they get into the office, but they're not selecting any sort of surgical package with us. Got it. Makes sense. Just to clarify, you said that you guys speak with them before their examination. I thought it was they had the examination. They were clinically, uh, it was clinically presented that they could benefit from cataract surgery where they were in person with the ophthalmologist. And I thought you guys spoke with them between then and actually the procedure. But then you just said something about you speak with them before the examination. So maybe is there two different, is there two levels of examination or just clarify that for me? Uh, Let's say for most patients, they go in for their annual checkup at their optometrist and the optometrist says, hey, you've got a cataract and it's looking like it's progressed to the point where you might need surgery. I'm going to refer you out to a surgeon and they're going to evaluate your eye to see if, if you actually need surgery. At that point, they create an appointment with the surgeon's office. That's our trigger to reach out. So we're reaching out before the evaluation with the surgeon's team, before all their testing is done and their diagnostic equipment tells the surgeon, hey, this is what they might be a good candidate for. So we are in between two appointments typically, one with the diagnosis occurring, and then one where you know they're they're meeting with the surgeon's office to determine what their plan of care actually looks like. Got it. So then they meet with the surgeon and you do not have another phone call with these individuals before the procedure? Because the procedure, I'm assuming that week, I, I figured it would be in two or four weeks after that surgeon visit. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. Typically, we reach out about a week prior to evaluation. So we have our conversation. A week later, they go in, meet the surgeon, meet their team, determine which lens is the appropriate fit. In many practices, about two to four weeks later is when they're going to be going in for their actual surgery. Some practices will have some additional testing and things in there. Uh, there's some appointments, but typically we have that one touch point to set off the, you know, the patient experience from the beginning. And we don't always, uh, we rarely speak with the patient again. So with Navigate Patient, you guys have not seen or, or heard of a, a need to have another phone call four to seven days before the procedure. So after the surgeon visit, but before the actual procedure. That's right. Yeah. We, uh, we have the, the touch point at the beginning. And then from there, the practice goes through their standard typical workflow. And we've driven the value in terms of time savings on the front end. We've driven the value in terms of the education piece. From there, the surgeon and the patient together will select the actual option for what implant will go in their eye. Uh, and they're going to follow the plan of care in terms of when to take their drops, when to prepare and remove their contact lenses, when to prepare for surgery. But at that point, Again, we may get the occasional call back from a patient with a question here or there, but it's it's rare. Got it. And the actual surgery doesn't take all that long, right? Uh, cataract surgery can be done in less than 10 minutes. For good surgeons, half that. For quicker surgeons, half that, I should say. 
And so it's very quick procedure. It might be an hour to two hours total for a patient to get into the operating suite, prepare for surgery, and then walk out the door seeing again. Got it. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. What else have we not touched on in regards to a a healthcare practice owner that's watching, that's listening, uh, understanding your process and how they could kind of re-identify any other touch points uh, in regards to communicating with patients prior to arrival, trying to build or continue to implement the humanistic, the empathy, the care and the compassion side of healthcare, which is what most of us got into it for. What are, what are some other things that regardless of healthcare vertical, any other ideas, any tips, any, um, you know, additional strategies that, you know, maybe you've, you haven't, like you've seen practices overlook, like, like when you've been a patient, you go to a doctor, you go to a dentist, anything like that. Yeah, I, I would say uh, spent some time this morning even looking at some data that patients that are more informed in their experience are also less likely to provide negative feedback. They're less likely to be litigious. There's so many value valuable things that come out of putting a focus on the patient experience. And that's regardless of, of vertical. What we do is specific to cataract surgery, specific to eye care. But the formula of what we've built, providing a human approach, touch point to a patient before they start their episode of care, making sure that they know what's to expect, they know what's coming, and that they feel like, man, my healthcare provider really spent the extra time to reach out to me and get me comfortable with what's going to happen. That could be replicated across across all verticals of healthcare. Uh, the challenge, again, is practices are burdened right now with with a lot, with a lot of patients, with a lot more to do, with less reimbursements, and with less support staff to do it. So finding the right type of people to do this and have a have a very patient centric approach is going to be key for any practice wanting to help drive increased patient retention, increased referrals, word of mouth. And that's going to help drive the value of the practice. It's going to help drive bottom line. It's going to help drive all sorts of intangible, immeasurable values as well at the patient level. But certainly there's no limit to which specialty of medicine that this type of model can can benefit. Yeah. And I would be remiss if I didn't shout out Jerry Durham, a physical therapist and a previous practice owner. He helps practices all across the US, North America, maybe even Europe, I'm not sure, with the patient experience. But he kind of it's more he'll he'll teach the practice owner or the front desk people how to implement it. And so at least there are some folks in physical therapy that are focused on this, that are uh understanding and teaching practice owners the the component of how and Jerry's thing, I don't want to take his, you know, it, it's his verbiage, but how he helps practice owners and helps their patients arrive, pay, and stay. And obviously, if they do that, then they'll get the outcome that they're looking for. They'll get the pain relief, you know, better balance, whatever it might be. So it is a little bit of like the business side, but it's on the patient side of things. So that makes a lot of sense. Any additional, you know, surprises, any additional things that before you join the company, things that you were surprised to learn or experience or see on how this service helps your practice owner clients? Uh, I'll, I'll give two. One is the results. Right? I mean, we were, we were bullish on what this company would provide back to the practice partners that we have in terms of the time savings, in terms of the patient experience and the conversion rates. What we didn't expect was how valuable it would be to the practices. For some groups, it's putting a focus on this type of additional service to your patients can has driven five to six times return on investment has driven a significant 
uh, increase in EBITDA has driven value in terms of they're going to market to sell their practice and they're able to take advantage of even a short time uh, working with a company like ours to drive increased revenue to drive valuations. From a anecdotal standpoint, one of the things that we never considered was uh, in the cataract world, there's many practices where they will have a, a survey on their website that says, is your vision blurry? Take this quick evaluation and tell us if you have a cataract. So different from the scenario I shared earlier, maybe this patient didn't go to their annual exam. They just noticed their vision's getting blurry and they Googled, do I have a cataract? We had a patient not too long ago in January of this year who did just that. They filled out a survey on the practice's website and the survey determined they had a cataract. So they scheduled an appointment for an evaluation. It was two weeks out. Our team reached out to that patient. It was six days prior to their cataract evaluation. And any other day without our services, that practice wouldn't have heard from that patient until they walked in the door. We had one of our clinically educated, clinically experienced team members educate this patient. And as they're going through the discussion, our team member realizes something doesn't sound too right and determines this patient probably doesn't have a cataract. They might have some other pretty important issue. They referred them back to our client, got the patient in the next day instead of waiting six more days, and it was deemed a retina detachment. And so if you're not familiar at all with, with eye care, the retina detaches from the back of the eye, there's no saving it. And that patient would have been blind in their right eye. They got in for surgery within 48 hours. So wow, this never happens. But our entire team swelled with pride that day because it's why we're so passionate that the human approach is going to do things that automated platforms that help you pay your bill or automated platforms that, that reach out and educate patients can't do. Um, and so you asked if we get called back from these patients, that patient called back and they called back to Jill, one of our educators and thanked her because without that conversation, without her care and the time that she took to kind of interview that patient and get to get to know them, he would be blind in one of his eyes today and there'd be no repair for it. So we are driving that type of value. We hope we never see another case like that because that means there's more that we're missing uh, that you know practices we're not partnered with. But those type of things just continue to get us up every morning, excited to speak with patients and figure out how we can improve their lives. Wow, that's incredible. I think that's a perfect place to pause. What a story. Navigatepatient.com. And are you guys still just focused on ophthalmology practices only? Because it's kind of maybe like it is like a niche procedure. And I'm assuming you are still working on, you know, getting a lot more customer concentration or saturation. So you're not looking to get into a different vertical. Is that the case where you guys are at at this time? Our, our mission and vision right now is focused on cataracts. There's other specialties and, and other types of procedures within eye care that depending on when you're uh, watching this podcast, maybe we've expanded into. Um, right now, our focus is specifically within cataracts. Awesome. Navigatepatient.com. Or what's another good place if someone wants to reach out to you, whether it's LinkedIn or your main website, email address, anything like that? Yeah. Uh, my name is Chris Bonzel. My email address is cbonzel at navigatepatient.com. Feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. would love to have a conversation around patient experience, around how to drive value, whether you're in eye care or not. We are passionate about moving the needle for improved patient journeys, patient experience, uh, regardless of, of where you are in medicine. Excellent. So if you find this valuable, helpful as a practice owner, as a clinician, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on YouTube or jump over to iTunes or Spotify, hit subscribe or follow. So that way you'll be notified of new episodes like this when we get smart people to come on the show like Chris Bonzel and others in the future. So we'll catch you next time here on the Dave Kittle Show. 
Hey, it's Dave Kittle. Are you a healthcare business owner or physical therapy practice owner who is looking to figure out your succession plan or exit strategy? We might be able to help. And in fact, we may be interested in acquiring your practice. If you're interested, you can reach out to me. Shoot me an email at dave at conciergepainrelief.com. That's D-A-V-E at C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E, painrelief.com. Or you can call me at any time, 646-781-8884.